بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العظيم in the name of God the compassionate the merciful I am very grateful to God for giving us this opportunity of meeting again today and sharing our ideas about unity, its significance, and how to enhance it. So today, God willing, I will talk about the way I humbly understand the plan of God for humanity as portrayed in the Quran. I don't claim that I understood it completely or correctly, but it's after careful thinking and reflection over years. So we can understand from the Quran that God's plan for humanity has been to unite around the truth, but voluntarily. He didn't want us to be forced to follow the truth and get united. He says, had he wanted he would have put them together around guidance. But he didn't want to force us. So in Islamic theology, we distinguish between two types of will of God. We say we have al-irada, at-takwiniya, which is generative will of God. And we have al-irada, at-tashri'iya, which is the legislative will of God. So. Generative will of God always materializes. Nothing happens in this world except by the leave of God and through the will of God. But this is the generative will of God. Even those who commit sins, those who disobey God, still generative will of God is there. Otherwise, they're not able to do anything. They're not able to function. They're not able to exist. But we have legislative will of God. And that is those things that God asks us to do or not to do. So he wants them, but he doesn't force. So there are things that might happen against the legislative will of God. But not against the generative will of God. So God's Legislative will is humanity should be united around the truth. But God has offered this, has invited us towards this, has provided us with everything that we need for this, whether it be our moral conscience, whether it be our intellect, whether it be prophets and revelation, everything that we need, God has given us, but he says, 
this is your test. This is something that you should do it freely. Finally, this is going to happen. So there is no way for this world to end without that plan of God to materialize. But God does not force his plan. He's patient. He leaves it to us to make it happen or delay it. But finally this is going to happen. It's just who is fortunate to be acting as agents for God and listening to the will of God and trying to implement the will of God. So, the ultimate end would be that humanity would be united around the truth. Unfortunately, we human beings have not responded positively to the invitation for unity. Even some of the things that God has given us in order to better relate to each other, we have used it as a means for division. For example, the Quran says, one of the signs of God is the difference in your colors and languages. For example, in chapter 30, which is the Romans, verses 21 and 22, refers to some of the signs of God, means something that you can reflect and come to know God. Verse 21 says that among the signs of God is the fact that God has created from yourself your spouse so that you could have tranquility and comfort in each other and God has made between you mercy and affection. So, we have been created as male and female not to fight men fight women, women fight men to supplement each other. So this is a wise plan of God that he has given us different genders to supplement each other. And then the next verse says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ And one of the signs of God, so one of the things that should lead you towards understanding God is the creation of the skies and the earth and the fact that you have different colors and different languages. So this should take us towards God, not to take us away from God by, you know, fighting or, for example, I say we should enslave, you know, other, you know, uh, ethnicities and so on and so forth. So we are better than you, you are better, you know. No, the whole thing was to make this world more perfect, more beautiful, and easier to relate. I will explain this more after the second verse. 
In chapter 49, verse 13, God says, O oh people, this is not an address for the believers, because sometimes the Quran addresses believers. It says, But sometimes the Quran says, O oh mankind, we have created you from a male and female, which is Adam and Eve. Then we made you different nations and tribes. Why? So that you know each other. So the idea of creating us in different tribes and nations was to come to mutual understanding and recognition. Not to feel someone is superior to the other or that others are our enemies. The most honorable of you in the sight of God are those who are more pious. So language does not make you better. Color, ethnicity, gender, none of these make you better. It's only piety which can make you better. In the whole Quran, there are only two things that I know that are mentioned as something that can raise someone's position. One is piety, the second is knowledge. And these are very, too, very much connected. If you want to go higher, you have to be more pious, you have to be more knowledgeable. And both of them are in your hand. You can gain knowledge, you can you know, learn, you can seek knowledge, you can seek you know, piety. But color is not in your hand. Ethnicity is not in your hand. To which tribe you belong is not your hand. So it's not fair, it's not just to promote someone because of something that he has had no role or bring someone down because he had no role. So, the plan of God was Imagine if in this room, although we are not that many, we were all looking the same. How then we could, you know, recognize each other? And now if we have billions of human beings who were mass-produced the same shape, the same weight, the same color, the same language, everything the same. We will not be able to know each other, we will not be able to identify each other. If all, for example, places in the world were the same, it was boring. So differences and diversity in creation is like different colors of a colorful mosaic, a colorful carpet that makes it more beautiful. But unfortunately what we see in the history, even we have seen some philosophers who have used the differences in human body to justify a slavery. Even some religious people, you know, they said, you know, a slavery is fine.
know, even in some, you know, Greek, you know, philosophers, you find that they say that um, black people, they have a stronger body, but white people have a stronger intellect. So it's natural that white people enslave black people. This is completely opposite to the plan of God. Prophet Muhammad said, People from the time of Adam up to now are like the teeth of comb. Teeth of comb. You need uh, different teeth. And maybe the size is different, but they just supplement each other. La fadla lil Arabi alal ajami wala lil ahmar alal aswad illa bit taqwa. There is no privilege for Arabs over non Arabs, for red people over black people. The only privilege is God fearing, taqwa, piety. In, in another hadith, uh, Prophet Muhammad said, Ya ayyuhan nas, O people, inna rabbakum wahid, your Lord is one. Wa inna abakum wahid, your father is one. Which is an extra reason for unity. You know, God could have created us from different fathers and mothers. And still, we should have been united because we have the same human nature and the same creator. But God, to make us feel more united, created all of us from the same father and mother. So that we feel we are members of the same family. So there's an extra reason to feel united. So your Lord is one. Your father is one. You all go back to Adam. And Adam was from soil. Why you feel you know you are superior to other people? Akramukum in the the most honorable of you are those who are most pious. So the plan of God was to make human beings appreciate. the commonalities that they have, the same humanity that we share, the same Lord that we share, the same father and mother that we share. But unfortunately, people started deferring and fighting. So the Quran tells us in chapter 2, verse 213, that when people started deferring, God started sending the prophets with books. This verse is one of the verses which has been discussed a lot by Quranic exegetes. 
God sent the prophets while they were giving the good news, the glad tidings, and at the same time warning. If you do good, you would be rewarded. If you do bad, you would be taken accountable. And God sent the book with the prophets truthfully. And also in Barakats, uh, I want to mention something very important about uh, the relation between religions and prophets. The Quran uses Al-Kitab in singular form. The book. Doesn't say Al-Kutub. The books. The prophets came. It was natural to say the prophets came with books. But the Quran always say the prophets came with Al-Kitab. Because there's one Kitab. There's one book. Many verses. For example, Ja'athum Rasuluhum Bil Bayinate was Zubure Wal Kitab al Munir. The messengers came with clear signs and with illuminating book. So according to the Quran, the book given to Abraham, the book given to Moses, to Jesus, Prophet Muhammad, these are not different books. These are different versions of the same book. Different editions of the same book. Different representations of the same book. Not different books. So this is a very, very important concept for unity, you know, that it's Al-Kitab. So, God sent the prophets and sent with them the book truthfully so that the book would judge between people over what they did they disagreed so when the differences of opinions increased there was a need for sending the book And the idea, the plan of God, was that this book should be followed and all the disagreements should finish. But what happened is, now we have a second ikhtilaf, we have a second disagreement. Then people started disagreeing about the book. No one disagreed except the people who were given the book. So, so God sent the book, saved them from the, some disagreement, but then people said, we understand the book this way. We understand this way. And most of the time, this was not genuine differences. They wanted to justify you know, their own ways of thinking or ways of life. Therefore, the Quran says, they didn't disagree about the book, over the book, except after the book was given to them and they had clear 
evidence. Baghiyan bainahum. To do injustice. To treat each other with injustice. Fahadallahu alladheena amanu lemakhtalafu fihi min al-haqq bihithni. Then, God guided those who had faith, who were real, true believers, God guided them about what they disagreed min al-haqq. That truth that they differed, God guided the people who were true believers. I'm sorry, you know, it's not in my control. I, uh, I get, you know, excited. <laughs> Keep uh, stopping me. Wallahu yahdi man yasha'u ila siratim mustaqim. God guides those who he wills to the right path. So we see how bad is the response of humanity. God saves them from one conflict, they start another conflict. Even they start conflicting over what was supposed to give them unity. And the only way to be saved from this conflict is to be really, truly faithful, committed to the truth. And this is very important for my discussion, you know, this concept of truth, I will come back to this. Okay. If people differ over the book, over revelation, over religion. In my understanding, I think we can classify this into two options. Some people disagree for example, they don't believe in religion, they don't believe in revelation, but they are not enemies. We should not think that those who don't believe in religion, they are enemies of religious people. Some of them, they just don't believe. Because enemy is the one who wants to harm you. A person who doesn't want to harm you, even if he has made mistake in his choice, he's not enemy. As long as he doesn't want to harm you, doesn't want you know, to destroy you. So, we have people who don't have faith, but they're not enemies. What should be our response to them? The Quran says, with these people, you should have conversation. Without preconditioning. In the verse 24 of chapter 34. 
قل من يرزقكم من السماوات والارض قل الله ask the people who deny god they don't believe in god who is giving you sustenance from the skies and the earth tell them قل الله tell them god it's god who is giving you sustenance but then god says they may not accept tell them inna aw iyyakum la'ala hudan aw fi dhalalin mubin tell them either us or you are guided or misguided it's very beautiful it is god and this is prophet but god says tell them either we or you are guided or misguided this means that we don't presuppose that we are right you are wrong and you know when it comes to god and prophet you know saying this it's leaving no chance for any believer to say i am right you are wrong and even commentators of the quran say that it was enough to say either we or you are guided or either we or you are misguided this was enough but to add maximum flexibility says either we or you are guided or misguided so in both subject and predicate you have or so you should be ready for conversation and if it doesn't work they don't listen they insist what should we do again here you shouldn't fight them tell them lakum dinukum waliyadin you follow your way of life i follow my way of life we don't fight them because they don't believe in religion or they don't believe in god and then we come to the people who don't believe in the way that we do but they believe in god and revelation and they follow another religion when with the people who don't believe in god at all like pagans we invite them for conversation so now you can imagine when it comes for example to christians when it comes to jews it's not only let us have conversation without preconditioning it's more qul ya ahl alkitab ta'alu ila kalimatin sawa'in baynana wa baynakum let's get together around the common word so, so you see the language of the quran is changing and when we go to the people 
who don't just disagree, the people who are enemies. So I said there are two responses. There are people who disagree, and these who disagree can be people who deny God or people who believe in God but follow another tradition. But we have people who fight enemies. What should we do with enemies? The Quran says you have to do few things. One, without any exception, you must observe justice. You cannot be unjust even to your enemies. So even if a person has killed my children, I cannot mistreat his children, his family, his people. The maximum is that the criminal should be brought to justice. But you cannot say, because he has killed some of us, we do everything we want with them, because they are enemies. We burn them, we destroy their towns, everything we do with them. No. Justice must be observed. For example, in the verse 8 of chapter 5, God says, لا يجرمنكم شنعان قوم على الله تعدلوا Do not let hostility of some people make you unjust. اعدلوا Be just. هو أقرب للتقوى This is closer to piety. Or in verse 2 of chapter 5, God says, لا يجرمنكم شنعان قوم أن صدوكم عن المسجد الحرام أن تعتدوا Do not let hostility of people of Mecca, the pagans, you know, they killed Muslims, they tortured them, they confiscated their properties, they didn't let them go to, Mecca, uh, to Kaaba. God says, do not let their hostility make you unjust. So, First principle with the enemies is justice. But the Quran says something more. The Quran says you should repel the evil with something which is the best. Not just something which is good, something which is the best. Chapter 23, verse 96. Repel the bad which comes from people with ahsan, what is the best, not with just hasana, not, not just good. So if I have someone, an enemy, who has done bad to me, Quran prefers that we respond by doing the best. 
In the verse 34 of chapter 41, God expands this more. Good and evil are not the same. If someone does bad, you should respond by doing the best. Then the one with whom you have enmity becomes your close friend. Your enemy becomes your close friend. But the Quran says, But no one is able to reach this point except those who have patience. It's not that everyone is able to respond, you know, hostility with doing the best. So, there is no way to do injustice and the preference is to do good in response to the bad. If this is not stopping their enmity, you can defend yourself. But as much as possible, try to do good. So, now what I want to say is what I think is the plan of God for religious people. I'm going to talk about 30, 40 minutes. Is it, do we have a break? Shall we have a break or I continue? A small break. In the name of God, the Compassionate, the Merciful. 